Hello, sweethearts. Thanks for joining me today on Love Letters 2, your daily delight of a podcast dedicated to wonderful and unexpected things, the people, places, and events of our past which should be celebrated. In today's episode, continuing through our month of dynamic duos, it is a love letter to Queen Victoria and her consort, Prince Albert. Although we tend to have a view of Victoria now that is shaped by her widowhood, swathed in black and a dour kind of face, I cannot help but feel your youthful love story deserves a love letter. A young queen did find her fair prince, although admittedly, she didn't have to look quite that far. They were first cousins, after all. These two love doves, though, altered the course of history in so many ways, not just with their love and progeny, but their contributions and lasting legacies as well. I'm Alicia Mintz, and I invite you to join me for this love letter to Victoria and Albert, coming to you after a brief word from our sponsors. Victoria and Albert, you changed the world in so many ways. Your descendants still sit on the thrones of Belgium, Denmark, Luxembourg, Norway, Spain, Sweden, and the United Kingdom. The monarchies that many other grandchildren headed no longer exist, but that does not lessen the impact that your marriage had on Europe. But let's start when you were young and the world was a little less complicated. Young love is a beautiful thing, And it was obvious to all that you two were truly in love, which was quite a rarity among royal marriages. Today, we aren't as comfortable with the marriage of first cousins as people were in 1840 when you two wed. And what an event that wedding was. Things were still a little tense with your mom, the Duchess of Kent, Victoria, but you did not let that put a damper on your big day. Although you weren't the first person to wear white on your wedding day, you started the tradition of brides wearing white. Before you, it was considered unusual for a bridal gown to be all white. Many people think you chose the color as a symbol of your purity, but in reality, the color white was chosen as a sign of your wealth and power, since the process of bleaching cloth was both complicated and very expensive. Victoria, you really made a statement with your 12-foot-long veil. How lovely that it meant so much to you that you chose to be buried wearing that same wedding veil. You held on to it for 61 years before wearing it again. It didn't really seem strange at all that Victoria's mother and Albert's father were siblings. In fact, you were so comfortable with it that you encouraged and arranged the marriages of many of your own grandchildren to each other. But we may be jumping too far ahead in the timeline of your lives. Children did come very quickly and often during your 21-year marriage. Your first child, Victoria, Princess Royal, was born just 10 months after your wedding. A son, Albert Edward, Prince of Wales, followed the very next year in 1841. In total, your marriage produced nine children, all of whom lived to adulthood. This was remarkable for the time, even among wealthy and royal families. Children, however, were not always a blessing and joy in your eyes, especially for you, Queen Victoria. 
Pregnancy and childbirth were experiences you just downright deplored. And even after the children arrived, you often found their presence to be an annoyance and something that kept you from your beloved husband, Albert. But no matter how much you disliked being pregnant, nothing could convince you to stay away from the pleasures of your marital bed. This is actually one of the most interesting misconceptions about you. People don't realize, Victoria, how lively and fun you were when you were younger. People especially don't associate you with enjoying sex. But as you wrote about in your journals, it was one of your favorite activities. Albert, you were so focused on making sure the children were brought up right and educated well. You had very high standards for yourself and for your children. Your plan to marry your children off to royal dynasties all over Europe certainly came true. The result, you believed, that would come from these marriages didn't work out as well. Your aim was peace through family ties, but in fact, major tensions were brewing amongst the countries your children and grandchildren ruled over even before the Queen's death. And sadly, World War I started in 1914, And although you had succeeded in placing your descendants on the thrones of the countries involved, unfortunately, they were not all on the same side, and family ties did not bring peace. Your eldest grandchild, Kaiser Wilhelm II, ruled over Germany during the Great War and fought bitterly against another of your grandsons, King George V of England. Your granddaughter, Princess Alex, was married to Tsar Nicholas II of Russia, making her Empress of Russia during the war. More of your grandchildren ruled over other involved, but a little less significant countries, and even many more of them held important roles in the battles that tore apart the continent. Unfortunately, one of your sons and at least two of your daughters inherited hemophilia. For Prince Leopold, your youngest son, this disease would prove deadly. For many of your grandsons and great-grandsons, it would also have devastating and deadly consequences. Luckily, we believe that awful royal disease is no longer part of royal families still on the thrones of Europe. This is almost certainly because it's no longer normal to marry first and second cousins. You may be surprised to know that marriages between third cousins are still accepted. In fact, England's current queen, Your great-great-granddaughter, Elizabeth II, married her third cousin, your great-great-grandson, Philip. You must be so proud of her as she has now surpassed you, Victoria, as the longest reigning monarch. Your descendants are not the only significant contributions your union gave the world. First of all, you really turned around the image and reputation of the royal family. King George III and His embarrassingly inept and indebted sons, King George IV and King William IV, had left the monarchy in shambles. If it weren't for the two of you and your solid family life, the monarchy may not have survived. Your son, future King Edward VII, didn't quite live up to your moral codes, but the two of you really did set a fantastic example of marital unity and fidelity. Albert, you were so progressive and forward-thinking that many advancements happened while you guided Victoria in running the country. You helped Britain become an industrialized-based economy, and you were a champion of science, technology, and engineering. 
Most people believe that one of your greatest accomplishments was the Great Exhibition of 1851 held in the newly built Crystal Palace. As a couple, you built beautiful homes that still stand today. Your family sanctuary, Osborne House, on the Isle of Wight, that you so loved was donated by your children to the country. For many years, it was used as a naval college and is now visited as a museum. Your love of Scotland, where you chose to build Balmoral Castle, is still loved by the royal family today. When they aren't in residence, it is open to the public to enjoy. Possibly the most notable of the residences you influenced is Buckingham Palace. You were the first royal couple to live in what is now the main residence of the monarch. The changes you made to Buckingham Palace made it suitable for the demands of the monarchy headquarters. Your grandson, George V, commissioned the remodeling of the exterior that we recognize today. The Victoria Memorial outside of Buckingham Palace is one of the greatest tributes to your importance and impact on the country. It's also possible that the most meaningful thing to you that bears your name today would be the Victorian Albert Museum. It is dedicated to the both of you and pays tribute to your love of art. This is not your average museum. Your namesake museum is the world's largest museum of art and design. It houses over 2 million objects, and the significance of the Victorian Albert Museum is so great. And so that everyone can enjoy the museum, the entrance is free. It is one of your many gifts to the nation and the world. The changes that you both as a couple made and influenced are far too many to discuss, but it goes without saying that without your marriage and partnership, the world would be a different place. Albert, your early death at the age of 42 in 1861 forever changed Victoria. Victoria, your grief was evident to everyone and eventually grew tiresome to the country. Your choice to wear black to acknowledge your mourning for the rest of your life seemed over the top to many people. The image of you as an older and gloomy queen soon became how the world came to see you. But there was so much more under the surface that the world didn't know until much, much later. Your final gift to the nation and world may have been your prolific diaries, which gave us such a window into your thoughts in life. Sadly, your youngest daughter, Princess Beatrice, burned many of your diaries because she didn't think what you wrote was appropriate for public consumption. Oh, how we wish we knew what was lost forever in those flames. You'll both be pleased to know that after your death, your son Bertie, whom you both always considered troublesome, did become a fine king. Although you spent many years worried about his suitability and you weren't wrong to question the decisions he made in his personal life, to be fair, Bertie really did an admirable job as monarch. You lived so long that he was only king for nine years, but during his short reign, he took his duty seriously. He never really cleaned up his act off the throne, though. His mistresses and scandals were many. Here is to you, Victoria and Albert, the young lovers who would come to be known as the grandparents of Europe. The world salutes your contributions. May you rest in peace, side by side at your final home in the Royal Mausoleum in Windsor. God save the Queen. Thanks, everybody, for tuning into this episode of Love Letters 2. Until we meet again, darlings, stay in love. 
Thanks for listening to Love Letters 2, a Hemlock Creatives production. Feel like showing some love to Love Letters 2? We'd love it if you tell a friend or leave us a kind review or even come and visit us on social media. You can find us at Instagram or Facebook at Love Letters 2 Podcast. You can also reach out and email us at loveletters2podcast at gmail.com or visit our website at loveletters2podcast.com. Until we meet again in the next episode, darlings, stay in love.